0: The show for introverts by an introvert. I am that introvert, Charlotte T. Martin, better known as Charlotte the Writer on Instagram. Can you say that in your sleep now? Because I sure can. Um, On today's episode, I am super, super excited for you to hear my very first conversation ever with Monica Pirani. Um, I was just listening to it uh, to see if I needed to edit anything and I didn't. I sort of love that I never have the impulse to, like, cut anything out, whether it's the weird, creaky sounds that my IKEA chair makes um, <laughs> or, like, ambulance sounds in the background. There are, I will say, a couple of times where I think it's me getting an email. So if you hear that, like, email sound that, that the native Apple email app makes, it's not you, it's me. Um, and it is all going to work out, so just... Relax, no one, no one's trying to get in contact with you in the middle of your favorite pod, podcast. Um, yeah, so I was just listening back to this, and I have, I mean, I think you can hear it. I have a huge smile on my face because I tell Monica pretty much right away, spoilers, that I've been feeling kind of low lately. I've got some things going on. Who doesn't? Um, and the world is also on fire in so many ways. Um, And it was really great to talk to somebody about the places and the things and the behaviors and practices that bring us both joy, just unfettered joy. I I can't wait for you to find out all of the things we find out we have in common about um, what sort of experiences we like when we're feeling down, what makes us feel calm or happy or joyful or just a little bit more steady when things are chaotic. Um, We also talk a lot about being creative people. We're both very creative people and looking for new outlets for that creativity and how that can be so, so helpful in times of turmoil. And dare I say it, we are in one of those times of turmoil. Um, I think that's all I wanna preface this episode with, except for my now weekly mantra to you all. If you haven't already, and you are planning to vote by absentee ballot, make sure you get that thing soon. Um, I actually don't even know what the deadline is for requesting that ballot, but it must be coming up because you have two weeks from the time I am recording this, so two weeks minus a day when you're listening to this, uh, to put that sucker in the mail to make sure that it gets where it needs to go by November 3rd. Let's turn this ship around, people. It is not too late. All right. So once you've done that, come back to the show, and here you are. You're picking right back up. Let's get into this conversation that I got to have with Monica. It is so, so, so joyful, Um, and I hope that you write down whatever you find is useful, whether it's um, things to watch, things to do, places to go. And if you decide to go places, just make sure that you wear a mask, don't touch anything, and don't don't make eye contact with anyone. With anyone, just stay away from people. All right, y'all, let's do it. Here is the very first conversation between me and Monica Pirani. Yay! It's happening. Hello. Hi. Oh my god, it's working. Okay, I'm leaving the Zoom, but it's not personal. Okay. There we go. Hello. I don't know why
1: that was so hard. I'm so sorry. Oh my
0: gosh, that's not your fault. I don't even really know what this means, but (laughs) apparently Mercury is in retrograde. which
1: Yes, through November 13th, which apparently means that communication is harder and technology breaks all the
0: time. That's right. So there you go. It's not your fault. It's the planet's.
1: It's the planet. I mean, I like that. I like to, you know, I prefer to just blame the planets instead of for something
0: I'm everything. doing. Everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the other nice thing is that planets don't have feelings, so there's no feelings to hurt. As far as I know, the planets don't have feelings. I guess I shouldn't speak for them. Hi, Monica. I'm Charlotte. Hi. Hi, Charlotte.
1: How
0: are you? I'm good. It's so nice to meet you and hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: After trying to get uh, Google Hangouts on Zoom to work for 15 minutes.
0: Well, and then I felt self-conscious because I was like, oh, did she ask me to send her a Zoom link? And now I'm just sitting here like watching dogs rescue other dogs videos, like just to pass the time.
1: (laughs) I mean, at least your time waiting was well spent.
0: That's right. I never (laughs) miss an opportunity to give myself a little shot of oxytocin. And I still do not know how to pronounce that word. Is it oxytocin? Is it oxytocin? I don't know.
1: I think it's oxytocin.
0: And then the drug is oxycodone. Codone? Codeine. Damn it. Actually,
1: I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't don't quote me on that. I can be completely wrong.
0: Look, I'm not a dentist. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I don't know these weird terms. No, and I never will. Um... So what's up? Where are you in the world?
1: Uh, I'm in Brooklyn right now. Nice. Um, surrounded by my very large plants.
0: Nice. I <laughs> need a couple of those. I need plants, and I need one of those. Uh, I think they're called sad lamps, even though they're supposed to make you happy. <laughs>
1: Yes, my mother-in-law was telling me about those because mm-hmm. I get seasonal depression. Yeah. She's like, you need to get a sad lamp. And I was like, oh, what? I like, don't...
0: have never <laughs> heard of this before. I don't need to be more okay, sad. Just... <laughs> Sorry? I don't need to be more sad. I need something to help me.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, you just sit under it for like 15 minutes. And I was like,
0: okay. Yeah, I wish that... No. I. I mean, listen, I have heard that they are extremely effective, so maybe it's time... I did that. Although I got this new selfie light at Target cuz I recording these in a the closet, I realized I look real like a shadow, a shadowy figure from a true crime documentary. So, I got that. I can't stop staring at it because I'm a cockroach in a past life. And also, it's so bright. <laughs> so, I feel like that might do it for me. I can't stop looking at it. It's so how do influencers do this? They must I don't know. I'll be blind. Uh,
1: I've been Looking for a solution to that because I'm on Ugh. so many Zoom calls all the yeah. time, and um, in like one of the rooms that I work in 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 my apartment, the lights just not good. Mm-hmm. And so if it's during the evening or even during the day, sometimes depending on the type of light that's coming in, no one can see me. <laughs> and all the options that I see are like these blinding lights, like attached yeah. to your laptop. And I'm like, I'm just gonna be like a moth to the flame, staring into.
0: I'm experiencing that now. I mean, it was a $10 investment, so I, I hate to spend money on things. <laughs> so I got the cheapest one I could find. It's bright. I mean, it's doing its job, but I am going to see, like, Olympic rings everywhere I look for the rest of the day. Woo! Um, that was not even an ad for Target, but great job making this $10 floodlight. You did a great job. <laughs> wow, good, good wow, job. wow. Good job, Tarjay. No kidding. I have been, I mean, if I can just be completely candid with you, Monica, I know we just met. Yes, please do. I have been feeling sort of low and anxious and more depressed than usual. And one of my coping tactics in the world before, uh, what is this, COVID, I would go to Target and just like look at things. For some reason, that store makes me very calm inside, which... (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. I just like being in there. Um my f- Do you like
1: going through the like dollar section?
0: That's my least favorite part of the store because What's your favorite part? Oh, my favorite part. I love the home goods. I mean, America's First Family, Chip and Joanna Gaines, who I have take some issue with, but they have that whole section now. I don't even remember what their brand is called, but it's just very uh made exactly for me as a predictable consumer i'm like oh all these nice fabrics and minimalist designed things from waco texas i'm weirdly really into this i also like office supplies a lot i could be very happy in a staples um yeah but what was i saying about target oh i've just been feeling really low so i went to target i saw this ten dollar light and was like i I Guess I should get that, it'll make me feel better, and it kind of is just blinding me. <laughs> uh, well, when yikes. You were able
1: to return to, uh, like a place that brought you joy in what I've referred to as the before times. Yep, yes. Um, I uh, I used to go to Paper Source. Oh, yes, I would spend like an hour in there, just walking around, looking at all the stickers and the journals and the pens and the toys. And if I wasn't there, um, any like little shop that had a bunch of textiles, like I want to like touch all the blankets and all the pillows. And I just want to feel soft things and look at things that are visually appealing. And those were Those were the places I took myself on artist dates all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time.
0: Another great place for a self-artist date is uh, Anthropology. Yes! Oh, my God. I know that they have, like, problematic whatever. Everyone does. They're, like, tied up with Urban Outfitters or something. But the things in that store are so nice to look at. Their catalog is a work of art... (laughs) I used to in high school I used to like cut out pictures from that catalog and make before oh, I knew yeah. what a mood board was, I made mood books just of my mood. They were not for anything. I just liked the pictures. Um, but yes, fabrics and ceramics. I love touching like mugs. Oh
1: my god, and in anthropology, they have some of the most All of it. beautifully designed flatware yes like floral <laughs> designs all over and i'm like i clearly do not have a thousand dollars to buy this like high-end but not high-end at all exactly flatware, but i want it all in my home i also used to love going in there and there was this uh there's an anthropology store in chelsea market in new york right?
0: i know uh, exactly and, the one i know exactly yeah. the one you're talking about
1: and Whoever was in, this, in charge of The design and floor plan. I don't know if it was specific to that location or if this was like the design happening in all the anthropologies. But for a good six months straight, I would go in there and take photos because it was so dumb. Like the designs (laughs) were so ridiculous. Like there was a wall of like ropes with knots tied into it. I remember
0: that one. Yep.
1: (laughs) Fishing line, and I was like, what? What is? what is the mood you were trying to create right now? Because I came in here to buy things and now I feel like I'm in a, a Moby Dick. I yep. don't know what's happening right now.
0: A hundred percent. You just
1: bring me joy and laughter to be like, none of this makes sense. Nope. And everything is overpriced and I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I want more of it forever. Uh, all of it. Yeah. Because... The anthropology, that particular one, because I used to go to school literally across the street from there. And I would walk, go in there on like my lunch break. Again, if I was feeling like I just wanted to see some colors and textures and <laughs> overpriced ceramic things that were made in a factory somewhere. Um, there was a turn at some point when it went from being beautiful window displays, like again, art pieces, to yeah, the weird knots and like, there was one that was very memorable to me because it only lasted like a day. Somebody had not thought it through it. had something to do with tissue paper in like the high heat of summer and it was really beautiful one day and then just wilted all the next day. (laughs) Somebody didn't think that one all the way through. Oh well. I still like it. Um, The clothing in anthropology has gone way, way different from my personal taste, but I still yeah. appreciate it as like artistry on some level.
1: Yeah, I feel like my fashion, I mean now it's like flannel shirts and sweatpants all day. Yep. and the the only time I put on like quote unquote hard pants <laughs> is, <laughs> is when uh, when I've like had to like had to leave the house for something, yeah. Otherwise, you know, it is, it is comfort all day, every day. Yes. Soft things. Um, even I, I teach uh, meditation and yoga classes and I just stopped wearing tights. <laughs> I'm like, I think it was after the third day of teaching on like day four, like opened up zoom and like looked at my students. So I was like, Hey y'all, um, I'm just letting you know, like you don't have to wear yoga pants anymore. And they just started laughing. And I was like, no, I'm serious. I'm just going to keep wearing sweatpants. So yep. I'm not going to keep, like, jumping into these, like,
0: tights because no, that's No, so... it's dumb. You know, there are some things that are happening in quarantine, like the wearing, the, the normalization of sweatpants wearing, that I hope kind of sticks around. Like, now that we haven't worn, as you say, and I, I'm going to just adopt this, hard pants, in a while... <laughs> Now I'm sort of wondering what the point of them is, except that obviously they can look nice and, like, cleaned up, but who cares is my
1: <laughs> question. Yeah, like, if I'm working in a wood shop, I'm going to be wearing jeans. Sure, you know, as yes. As opposed to sweatpants because the the hard pantsness of the hard pants mm-hmm. can, like, you know, provide, like, a little bit of, you know, I'm not going to get splinters, like, right. in my yes. legs with jeans on. Sweatpants, different story. Absolutely. If I was, like playing outside with like my niece and nephew I'll probably wear jeans because like it's a little more durable but Uh otherwise no you know no you're you're going out to dinner with friends
0: why are you wearing hard pants just wear your flounciest they can be pretty is the thing sweatpants I'm wearing pants today that are actually—they're from Anthropology. Again, not a sponsor of the show. Do
1: you, do you want to fight? You want to do something hilarious? Yes. I'm also wearing a pair of pants from Anthropology that were on the clearance rack.
0: Of course. The only
1: reason I bought them. Of course. Uh, and they're—they're also covered in
0: plants. Oh my gosh! Mine's kind of like a—I'm not sure. It's just kind of a geometric pattern. Oh, I like that. Thank you. But they're also like. Um, what is this? A drop crotch pant? Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. I feel self-conscious that I just said the word crotch to a near stranger, but that's it's just fine. Because... I'm a yoga
1: teacher. I say much weirder stuff. <laughs> that's
0: that's got to be the case. it has got to be the case. Um, whoops. Yeah, I. So I've been getting into the the pretty, or like aesthetically pleasing, soft pant. I've been discovering that that is a whole genre of clothing I did not appreciate before
1: a beautiful genre i'm it really so happy is. you're leaning into it, I feel, <laughs> it, worth it I feel like you know as you were mentioning like feeling feeling down and i i for myself feel that those those moments definitely come in waves mm-hmm. i don't i don't think i feel like the high parts of the waves anymore me neither like, my high is neutral. <laughs> yep. like i can get to neutral or i'm below that
0: that um, is so true and
1: so my aim is just to get to neutral most days um but i i find that i'm i'm doing the same i'm leaning into things that are helping me feel grounded helping me feel supported and held like being really tender with myself Mm. um and soft clothing is one of those things it's true because life can get really overstimulating
0: yes which is sort of amazing given that there are so fewer stimuli around. I mean, on the one hand, on the, like, physical sense, in the physical sense, you're not seeing other people face-to-face, you're not, like, in loud, busy places, um, and on the other hand, there is so much to take in, um, like, information-wise, there's just a tidal wave of, I think I can speak for both of us when I say, bad news all the time, (laughs) and yeah, that's there's, overwhelming. There,
1: I mean, this is why I spend a lot of time on Instagram looking at puppy videos.
0: <laughs> you and me <laughs> and, both. <laughs>
1: and, and cute cows. I've fallen in love with like
0: baby wow. cows
1: and uh and um and alpacas and llamas of just like just I need the cute things to counteract
0: Let me tell you something. Of... That's gonna that I'm sorry to do this to you, but I went to a petting zoo this weekend. <gasps> oh. And I met And I'm now close friends with three little pigs. Um, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Three adorable pigs. I like crouched down. They're they're literally rolling in mud somewhere else. And I crouched down. Of course, they thought I had food. I did not. You're not allowed to feed the animals right now. But they both came over, two of them, and were sniffing me. And pig noses are really something. Let me tell you, (laughs) they're weird. And I like them. I think... What a bizarre evolution of an animal. But they were so cute. And I also met, and again, I'm now close friends with, some cows and an alpaca. Or not an alpaca, um... Oh my God, why did I even say that? It's not even close to an alpaca. What is that animal? It's a a kind of bovine. It has the big, long horns and has long, reddish hair.
1: Ram, a goat,
0: uh... Uh, it's some it kind like, of cow, but, like, I think they're native to the English Isles or something. Uh, uh, oh. oh, my God, the whole I feel like it's... world is screaming yeah. at us right now. Anyway, I'm good friends with that animal now, and I ate an apple right off the tree. And that... I love
1: that you are turning into Dr. Doolittle. This is absolutely amazing. Yes,
0: thank you very much. <laughs> I'm part Dr. Doolittle, part the nutty professor, And I just speak to... I actually do stand-up routines for animals only.
1: (laughs) Not cats, I hope, because that's a rough audience. Cats never find anyone funny.
0: I test my material on cats because if they laugh, I know it's good or mean. I have to really toe the line with the cat audience.
1: There's an amazing... uh, Anytime I think of cats in comedy, I think of Robin Williams because he did this amazing... Mm stand up where he talked about how cats are drag queens. <laughs> True. And um I won't I'm never going to be able to do it justice by repeating it, but it is one of my favorite favorite like skits of his that he's ever done cuz he's so animated and gets so into character and I just <laughs> I bust like scenes every every single time. Ooh, is it yeah,
0: recorded somewhere in video? Could I go watch it? Yes, that?
1: I think it was a it's a part of a longer um, stand-up special that he did okay which can definitely get raunchy at times as a heads up whatever but still it's, it's absolutely amazing and he's phenomenal so
0: robin williams drag queen cats i'm gonna look for it robin williams drag queen cats i am collecting as many things that can bring me joy as possible because i love your metaphor of be, not feeling the like crest of the wave of feelings anymore there, I get so close to that feeling when I laugh really hard. Or, actually, the closest I've come to that recently is... I don't know if you're a fan of *Shit's Creek, the show. But, okay. I envy you, because I... First of all, I'm ruined. Nothing will ever be as funny. And secondly, I wish that I hadn't seen it so that I could watch it for the first time. If you have access to Netflix, I so highly recommend... Um, And they just swept the Emmys two weekends ago or whatever. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they won, I think, every single comedy category, which is so, not to, I mean, spoilers, but uh, it's so well-deserved. It's such a great show. And watching them all be surprised by each new award was just delightful and felt really good, so.
1: That's lovely to see. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Even if you don't watch the show, that might bring you some joy.
1: Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. I've been uh, watching as much Parks and Recreation as I can yep. because they're going off of Netflix <gasps> September 30th. They're going on to, like, I'm sorry, I need to, like, stop
0: saying this.
1: We're moving to NBC's streaming service oh, called boo. Uh, The Peacock, which is, uh, I don't
0: First I mean, of all, remember. yeah.
1: That's a dumb name. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you'll still be able to watch it. It's just going to be with commercials. Like, you can, you can pay for their service, but I'm not doing
0: Excuse <laughs> me, at this moment in time, they're going to switch it over to commercials? Oh my god, that was a, yeah. that's capitalism at so its finest. I'm,
1: so I am taking in as much Parks and Recreation and Amy Poehler as I can. I also found them this amazing TV show, one of my nearest and dearest friends told me about the show called Making It.
0: Oh yeah. And
1: I, I mean, I thought British Bake Off was like wholesome, uh, not like non-competition, like low-stakes mm-hmm. reality TV show. And then I watched Making It, and I, I laughed and cried at every episode. <laughs> like I must have looked like a bananas person on the couch. My spouse would walk in and be like, "What's happening?" I'm like, "They just made a pun, and now they did a nice thing," <laughs> and I would just lose it every time. <laughs> um, and I love. I'm a very creative person. I need a lot of create different creative outlets. So mm-hmm. it's, it was really nice watching that show and watching Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, who work so well together. Oh my just, god,
0: dream team! It's
1: dream team to the max. And to see them interacting with other creative people who are also introverts. Mm-hmm. Um, and watch those people slowly come out of their shell in terms of verbal communication while sharing so much of themselves through their artwork. Yeah. Um, which was amazing. And that... and looking at stuff and being like, oh, I could I could do that. I could probably <sighs> make that. Or look at something else and be like, I can't do that right now, but I could learn how to do that.
0: Ooh, um, like what? What have you seen on the show that you want to make next? Because I'm just getting into crafting myself.
1: Um. So I started taking some woodworking classes. Um, sorry, I'm just going to put my phone down yeah um, no problem you can still hear me right yep um so I started taking woodworking classes last year um my uh one of my grandparents used to do a lot of woodworking and made like so much furniture in his house and that was like always one of my really fond Mm -hmm. memories of visiting him was that he would just like hand me tools and like be like you're gonna do this stuff Uh, I'm gonna teach you how to do these things and so I, I love working with my hands, and so I built two pieces of furniture in those woodworking classes. I built a side table, and I built a leather sling seat, yeah. like yeah. chair.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and I have a, I guess a buff I guess it's called a buffet that was in my grandparents' house when they moved in. It's got to be they like inherited like someone left it at the house. Mm-hmm. It's got to be eighty to ninety years old. And oh my it's gosh. the heaviest in the <laughs> world. Um, I also have a giant, like, massive dining room table sitting in my aunt's basement uh, that could be mine if I wanted it. And it is just solid wood.
0: Oh, my God. It's,
1: it, it's one of those things that probably now would, would cost so much to make, let alone to buy. Right, right, right. Um, but I live in a small apartment like there's no
0: <laughs> yep I know the feeling <laughs> so
1: the, buffet, the buffet is is with me though um, but it's falling apart so uh-huh. I've been trying to think of like how how do I repurpose this wood like yeah. what do I make of it and what can I create out of this so it continues to stay? Mm-hmm maybe as like different pieces, like maybe I can turn some of it into just art to hang on the wall because mm-hmm. some of it has like, um, etched design into, oh
0: um, my gosh. Design it
1: into it. um, or maybe I can take some of the wood and repurpose it and make some jewelry boxes and like make,
0: Ooh.
1: um, or make even like a Christmas tree ornament or something to pa- to give and share with my siblings. Um,
0: what so, a great idea! Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, so just trying to think of different things, and also I think changing it into other items will probably make my spouse very happy, so that we don't have to lift <laughs> the heavy ass object to anymore. Whatever other- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, because it is a, it is a beast.
0: Um, Yikes. A- Yeah, then everybody wins. You get to make something. No one has to lift anything heavy. Your siblings get cool stuff. I have a friend who's also... Actually, so we went to um, the two friends. We went to their wedding last September. And he is a um, carpenter, I guess. Is that what you call yourself when you also make things? Or, I don't know, woodworker? I think so. Like carpenter, woodworker. Yeah. Yeah. So he made their chuppah, which was really beautiful and looked simple to the eye. But I think a great craftsman can make something look simple when it's not. Um, and after that, I think he dissembled the chuppah and was going to make picture frames for their wedding photos out of it. And he was like, I could do this for other people. And now during quarantine, part of their plan as a couple is they were supposed to go to India. That didn't happen, obviously. And so... Um, Instead, they've been like traveling around the country, working remotely from various places and visiting their friends. We're lucky enough that they have me and my wife, and then our other two friends. Uh, We all know them, so they came out to visit us. And their next stop is going to Maine, so he can go to a woodworking intensive for like two months or something. It's awesome. I know. (laughs) He's like, Maybe between jobs or maybe working remotely. And they were like, you know, this is, we don't have a kid yet. Let's just go do whatever you want to do. Since we can't go to India, like, here we go. So that, he makes really beautiful things. I'm so jealous of people who are woodworkers, you included, because I'm, a, I'm too afraid of the saws and sharp edges to do it.
1: <laughs> I, I would hesitate to call myself a woodworker. And <laughs> more so say... I I have taken some classes. You're on your way. I'm still not I'm on my way. Yeah, I would I would optimistically say I'm on my way. It is there the machines are intimidating.
0: Yeah.
1: And um it is definitely depending on where you take classes and where you go, it can definitely be a boys club. Mm. Um I was lucky enough to take my classes in Brooklyn and Gowanus, so there was a lot of um, it was a very diverse group of people yeah. that were taking the class, uh, but that's not always available everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the machines are really big; you can get hurt. Yes, um, I luckily the only injury I got was towards the end of my first class. Um, I was chiseling away glue, and my teacher was like, "Just make sure your fingers not in front of the chisel." And oh, I was God. like, "Yeah, no, obviously." And then like, no, got the like. Like had a gash in my thumb, which I didn't need stitches. It was fine, Oof. but I just was like holding my finger and like walked up to my teacher. And I was like, um. um <laughs> so remember when you said not to put your finger in front of the chisel? She's like, Ah, oh, for the love of God! I was, like, <laughs> so I did. Um, she's like, Do you need stitches? I was like, I don't know. I just I haven't looked at it.
0: <laughs> exactly. I was actually hoping but, you like, could tell me. The, I think that's
1: one of the things as well, and and like knowing. Getting involved in that craft is just acknowledging that at some point you are going to get injured. You're going to bleed. It's just a matter of trying to not get badly injured. Like my mm. grandfather had so many injuries on his hands Ugh. from woodworking. Um, but there's also, at least for me, I have not experienced that type of joy in completing a project where I am I came home after the, my second workshop and was like sitting in my living room. It was late at night. My spouse was already in bed, and I was sitting on the floor with these two pieces that I had built and seeing the buffet in my living room as well and was like, oh, my God, I just created something. Yeah. That I'm going to have with me for as long as I want to have it with me and that I could pass this along to my niece and nephew or my godchild like mm-hmm. this is I like I made this with my hands it's so cool <laughs> it's so you cool know? and like I make like I do other things I I crochet and I knit and I've I've made baby blankets mm-hmm. for my friends who've had kids I knit myself two sweaters last year for the first time which cool. is like the most infuriating <laughs> And frustrating thing, I have ever, I took those bitches, oh sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse in your podcast. Are,
0: please, um, please, uh, swear so as much as you'd like.
1: <laughs> I took those bitches apart and back together so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many times I just started cursing, flying <laughs> off the handle and threw the project across the room, jumped off the couch and had to leave the room leaving my partner to be like what just um wait, are you okay
0: <laughs> have you, you been you possessed
1: you, maybe you alone or do you need a? T- I don't know what you just threw knitting needles across the room oh uh, yikes but I completed it and now you have it now I can do it yeah now I have it um but yeah creating I think creating furniture creating something you are going to use literally every day
0: yes And
1: interact with it every day is such... It's a different feeling than creating a piece of art or creating a piece of clothing.
0: Yep. Yep, Um, yep,
1: Like, I want to make my own cooking utensils.
0: Totally. Totally. I want to make my... I mean, speaking of ceramics earlier, I want to make my own coffee mugs and, like, someday bowls and, and like, plateware, flatware. Because I was just trying to explain this to my wife the other day. I was like, I really want to make something... That has a function, not just because like I write all the time, and I like tried painting the other day. It's fine. It's not my calling, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. It serves let's its say. purpose. It serves its purpose. Per- like- it's on my wall. I mean, I'm not embarrassed of it, so it's up there. But I really want to make something that is not like an outright tool necessarily, but can be like you said, interacted with every day. There's just something that like transcends coolness to me about that. Whether it's, yeah, I mean, I took I took up quote unquote screen printing yesterday. Had a few um mistakes along the way <laughs> to be nice <laughs> to myself. And it was sort of meditative in a way, because yeah, I had that throwing the needle, knitting needles feeling a lot of like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> Why isn't this working? Um, I learned later it's because I was using completely the wrong materials for the first six hours of my day. So That's amazing. Ah, then I went Frustrated, and I got <laughs> but, but amazing.
1: I feel like creative people, we do this, right? Like it's Why Failure like is the <laughs> keystone. Yes. And it's a matter of how much you're willing to let yourself feel that frustration, let yourself feel those emotions and feelings, and then blow off steam and come back to it and be like, I'm going to fucking figure this out. I like, am. I'm going to do it. it. And maybe I, w- I wind up at the end realizing it's not a process I enjoy and mm-hmm. the completed aspect of it isn't something I enjoy, but god damn it, I am going <laughs> to figure this out so that I can figure out if I like this.
0: <laughs> and that is why all artists are totally insufferable. No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and why we're miserable all the time so often
0: all the time and it's the only I mean to speak seriously for a second it's why artists get other artists or just creative people generally makers of any kind because it's like I started this thing you complain for 45 minutes and then for the last 15 minutes of the hour you're like but goddamn if it wasn't the most satisfying four days of (laughs) failure I ever felt and it becomes this sort of like shared mythology of all of the failures um, that's kind of fine in a masochistic way.
1: <laughs> There's this amazing meme that I found on the internet about two years ago, and it was the five steps the five steps of the creative process. Oh yes. And it was, uh, this is gonna be great, this is gonna be shit, I'm shit, <laughs> this might be okay. Alright, it's good.
0: <laughs> Can relate can fully relate to that yes absolutely
1: that is so perfect especially the i'm shit part yep. like right in the middle of like how did i how did i embody this
0: yeah i am somehow the like, worst person what? on earth why
1: am i somehow <laughs> the trash thing yeah. In the midst of learning to do something I've never done before.
0: Oh my gosh, it's so true. And then you get to, I'm sh- I mean, I figure we're around the same age and place in our creative lives. You get to a point where that embodiment isn't soul-crushing anymore. Every time you try a new thing, you're just like, oh yeah, here I am at the bottom of this feeling, and I'm shit, and that is just the way this goes. And so you don't notice it, you don't internalize it, I guess is what I'm trying to say, okay. quite as deeply as you do when you're 16 or 19 and
1: it it can become soul crushing. Yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Especially when you're younger and you're, you are figuring out who you are Mm
0: -hmm. and I think
1: that it can happen to at different stages in your life, right? Like I, I just turned 39. Mm -hmm. So it's, it is a, I, I love it. I love that I'm getting older. I view it as a gift. It's not something that I, I never thought I'd make it to this age, let
0: alone be at this point in my life. So Mm -hmm. as corny and dumb as it
1: might sound, like I, like every day is a gift to me and I'm so grateful for it.
0: It's not corny. But it
1: is a, it is like a different type, type kind of like coming into myself of like, okay, I'm going to be like, I'm almost 40. What, like, what do I do with this? Yeah. And so creative endeavors now are, I feel like in the last year or so, um, I have found I've had to extend myself more patience when I get to that middle part where I'm feeling like shit, where I'm like, <laughs> am I st- is this still a thing? Like, do I still have to go through this process of feeling like shit? Like, could you, I don't know, could you not? Could you just jump over that?
0: Yeah, uh, right. Um, hey, listen, when I, you find out how to do that, please let me know, because I, I would also love I to skip out that. how
1: to do that. I am gonna bottle that up and share it with everyone I know but I yes. think I think it is like most things that you grow with and grow through it becomes kind of a non-event in that or I'm assuming this is just me talking out of my ass <laughs> but I hope I I'm hope
0: with it you so far a
1: Non-event in the same way that like yoga culture talks about enlightenment mm-hmm. or that um in that like it's gonna it happens but it doesn't jolt you as much yeah and you, you learn to be really compassionate and patient and tender with yourself and and kind of cheer yourself on to be mm-hmm. like this is a part of the process and I am I am feeling this way because I want to be good at it mm-hmm. I'm feeling this way because I really I'm like I'm attaching things to this and like maybe reflect I found myself trying to reflect on that and be like why do I want to be really good at this like I just yeah. signed up for a writing course mm-hmm. and because I love writing, but I rarely share the things I write with other people mm-hmm. because I am scared shitless to do it as most people who want to write.
0: Me to sing, too. Want. Every is, day when I put it, that thing on it Instagram, <laughs> it's horrifying. Um, it's horrifying.
1: And, and I, I have become so much more comfortable in the last, I've been an educator for about 13 years. Uh-huh. So public speaking no
0: doesn't problem. frighten me yeah. Like
1: I will still, if I'm getting up in front of a crowd or a group of people that I haven't before, I still feel the little jitters because everyone does, mm-hmm. but I get over it so yep. quickly. But writing, oh my God, no way. And mm-hmm. so it feels so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, or if I'm making something for a loved one uh, and it's a gift, there's a vulnerability that goes into it. And it takes so much work consciously to choose to give myself kindness and patience Mm -hmm. in those moments of vulnerability because you can't bully yourself into being better at something. You can't bully yourself into healing. You can't bully yourself into not being depressed or not being anxious or nervous. Um, And that's really hard. I feel like it's, for me, my immediate response is to be like, oh, why the, f- like, why do you suck? <laughs>
0: why? <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Why? You know, either, either why do the things you create suck or, like, why do you suck so much that you, like, feel this way? Like, I, you know, it's kind of this weird out-of-body, in body experience, you know, mm-hmm. where um, I feel like if, I feel like it's a com. I live in a comedy sketch sometimes of, like, me, and then, like my asshole friend.
0: Yep. Yes, who, who is, is also like, you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, choosing to like turn to that person who's who's being a dick mm-hmm. and being like, I know oh, that you're trying to like make this better, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: you're not doing what I need you to do. But then on the other hand, I. So I'm I'm spending my whole day yesterday. Sorry, this is going to be anecdotal because it's fresh. But I spend half my day yesterday. I, like, get up early, right? I'm so excited. I have my materials. I've taped Trader Joe's bags to my floor because I don't have a table space, like enough table space to do this properly. So I'm making this screen. I'm trying to make this screen. I, little do I know I don't have the right materials. And then... I discover (laughs) that I don't have the right materials and I have to go out on a rainy Sunday and like get this thing. And for fun, I had been documenting the process again on Instagram. And I put out this one slide of a story that was like, I don't have the right materials. I'm super grumpy or something. And so many people wrote in response to that being like, don't be so hard on yourself. It's a new craft you're taking up. La la la. All this wonderful positivity and that's when I realized, like, I actually don't feel that bad. I'm grumpy about it. But, like, now I'm sort so used to the failure of the creative process. It's almost like almost, not fully, but very close to <laughs> welcoming that feeling of, like, okay, here we are at the lowest point of this moment where I am shit. I'm driving to Joanne Fabrics. God help me. Luckily, they didn't have it. <laughs> So I went to the local art store, and here's why everyone should always shop local. Your local place, whatever it is, will always have it, whatever it is. (laughs) All the time. All the time. All the time. Um, So I go—sorry, I think that was my email. Um, I go and I get this thing. I come back. I read all these messages. And then, of course, that's when the uphill climb starts. And uphill in a good way of like, okay, I solved this problem. It wasn't that hard. I got this $10 bottle of whatever— I had the $10 to buy it, that's lucky, and I can do this now, and I will. I'm going to do it if it's the last thing I do, even if I never screen print anything again. (laughs) I'm going to make it work. Um, So that anecdote to say, since the I'm shit part of that valley (laughs) is unavoidable, now I kind of feel like as I'm getting older... I just want to get there as soon as possible. If I can't avoid it, I just want to get there to like the biggest mistakes that mistakes can be and learn from that because I know it's going to teach me something. Um, And if I can't get around it, I'm just going to go through it, which is, I think, kind of what you're saying of having the patience to like sit it out. I am not patient. So I just kind of run headfirst into that wall. (laughs)
1: Patients, but it's not something that like comes easily, and I think to your point too, like figuring out when it's okay to go around and when you have to go through.
0: Yeah, so like, true.
1: There's this quote um that I like repeat to myself often: is that if you're going through something, it means you're going to come out the other side.
0: I love and that. So, Ooh.
1: You know, it's. I think about. I've been thinking about that often as well because so many of my conversations with friends and loved ones have, I guess being in quarantine mm-hmm. and being socially and physically distant from people, you know, we've kind of been, um, put into like a self, um, a Vipassana. Do you know what that is? No. The Vipassana or Vipassana is like, uh, best way to describe it is like it's a meditation retreat where you mm. go away for a period of time sometimes it's three days sometimes it's two weeks where you don't talk to anyone oh and sometimes yeah. you don't even talk like make words sometimes you just sit and meditate
0: mm. wow
1: um so uh I feel like and it can be very isolating especially if you don't have a meditation practice already so I don't recommend anyone do it unless they already have <laughs> cold turkey a meditation practice uh-huh. Because we don't do well as humans with isolation, Mm-mm. and so I think quarantine has really put many people in in a lot of discomfort for lots of different reasons. Um, and I think that people who have a safe living environment are are kind of going through this process of like sitting with a lot of discomforts and things that are going on in their in their own lives. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one, uh, one dear friend in particular, and they were having a disagreement with, with a longstanding friend and they're being told by a lot of people like, just get over it, just get over it. And I was mm. like, you don't have to get over it. You need to work through right. it Yeah. and you can take as much time as you need for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, whether, whether it's like a discomfort with a loved one or if it's a discomfort with a project or discomfort with like your own emotions I think certain things we can get around and aren't necessary but most things that provide us with accomplishment or provide us with additional healing not Mm -hmm. that I like to compare healing and accomplishment but (laughs) um, I think they require us to get through things yeah like you said you just you're out of you get to a point, hopefully, where instead of dreading those moments, you're like, I, I wanna meet them. I yep. wanna face them so that I can get through them, so I can mm-hmm. work through this. And I think it takes I think it takes time and consistency and just agreeing to keep showing up to get to that point to be like, all right, I know this is gonna be tough and I just I wanna get it I wanna do it and get it over with.
0: Yes, absolutely. And yeah. on every on every um, level I guess for lack of a better word I think during quarantine all of those feelings have been amplified whether it's internal, interpersonal and we also see it on a national and global level of yeah. like all of the it, people keep saying and it now I just kind of chuckle at it like this is missing the point when people say that 2020 is the problem I'm like no time first of all made up secondly <laughs> all of these things now that we are alone like literally alone in some people's cases or we're just kind of locked down yeah all of this reflection is happening there's nothing to distract ourselves with except for looking at the issue and saying this is wrong or this could be better in a more positive light or this needs to be changed and i can change it or we as a group can it's no wonder that Black Lives Matter has taken on such momentum. I mean, it's all, it's existed for years and years and years, but has taken on such momentum in this moment, or this election feels most, most dire of all past elections. It's like, yeah, this is, this is the moment, the do or die moment of everybody has to reflect and act. It's not just about reflection, but... Something must yeah. be done.
1: Yeah, inaction is not an option. It isn't. You know, it's it, and one of my mentor. I'm really lucky to have an awesome uh, yoga mentor, meditation mentor who. Um, he grew up in Belize, uh, and like lived in the Himalayas from ages like 17 to 19, and then like lived in ashrams and. Mm-hmm he, um, is very aware of like what it means to be, uh, what it means to be a black man in America, in, in Belize, in, in India, where he studied in Japan, mm-hmm. where he worked and, you know, how, how racism affects everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's moving into his, how he's experienced the world, but he brought that into how he how he teaches. Mm. And so when I started mentoring with him, you know, there were so many conversations about cultural appropriation and racism that I hadn't found in other mentors and teachers. Mm. Um, And also like uh, acknowledgement of and acceptance of LGBTQ plus people.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And so something that I try to pass along to my students as well, because I've, I found that there's been so much anxiousness of like there's an awareness mm-hmm. because of the reflection, but then if you don't do anything with that awareness, and this goes for most anything in life,
0: mm-hmm. then you just
1: continue to suffer. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the issues that many people are becoming aware of, either for the first time or more deeply, yeah. feel overwhelming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think a part of that is many of us are used to with, like, this American individualist mindset are used to approaching problems by ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Like, screen printing thing, like, you know, or um, me trying to figure out, like, why one of my plants is dying. It's like, I've got, like, this is my problem. Like, yeah. I'm responsible for this solely as an individual. And if I can't I solve it, I'm shit. Yep, <laughs> And that's... <laughs> it's not helpful. No, nope. it's also something we're conditioned to believe. Yeah. Living in our country. Um, it is this individualist mindset, but we're not meant to do these things, these things alone. Mm-hmm. And so some things, yes, we have to do on our own, but we, we are social creatures and we're meant to do things and together. Yeah. And I think that, I, I mean, I agree with you. you we have to reflect, but then we also have to take action. Mm-hmm. That anger needs to be turned into action. That um, the conversations need to be turned into action. Otherwise, it starts—it starts to eat at you and deflate you and make you feel really small. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. My, Maya Angelou had this. Um, she did this interview with Dave Chappelle years ago, and he was asking her about uh, like her involvement with the civil rights movement and you know, he was like, I, I'm just like getting, and I'm paraphrasing here. This isn't you know, exactly what he was saying, but he was like, you know, I just get so angry. Like, how did you not get angry? Like you're such a calm per- You have this like energy about you, this like aura, you know, this persona of like calmness. And like, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but she effectively said like, I was angry. You, ha- you have to get angry, yep. but you can't become bitter. Like you have to turn that anger into action. You have to speak about it, like all the time. You have to write about it. You have to march about it. You have to you have to use that anger. You just can't swallow it because otherwise it's bitter and it like starts to eat away at you.
0: Absolutely. And I
1: see, I see a lot of my friends feeling very helpless and very hopeless and overwhelmed, um, because not only are you dealing with your own personal you know, are, not only are we all dealing with our own personal stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but there is this overlooming sense of dread and, and kind of helplessness of, well, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and some, and I don't know if you've, if you've experienced this, but I'm, I'm someone that if I don't if I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling anxious, I immediately look for what to do. Yeah. Like I look for a thing to do and get involved in either in person or with my hands or with my voice to contribute so that the problem can be either moved towards resolution or become resolved. Yep. Um, so I started phone banking and text banking and I started writing letters and postcards and those things helped to quell my anxiety. Mm-hmm. But for some friends that I have, um, when we've had these discussions about, like, well, what, you know, oh, they're feeling anxious. I was like, well, what are you, like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I'm going to vote. And I was like, okay, well, what, like, aside from voting, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And they're like, oh, nothing. I don't have the time.
0: Hmm.
1: And I ha- like I haven't found a way to... encourage and convince them that like that anxiousness
0: Mm -hmm.
1: will inevitably be diminished if you make the time to do something more
0: yeah even one thing just one
1: even if it's just one one thing
0: well Um, for for a couple of reasons right one you're actively helping solve the problem whatever the problem is that you've located or isolated and also just on a brain chemistry level if you're focused on doing a task your mind is focused on that task you can't be thinking about everything else that you're anxious about so that's a nice trick and the metaphor i keep thinking of as you're talking about this is um if we all wanted to build a large pile of rocks let's say it would be a waste of time and energy and human human energy for each person to pick up one huge rock, walk it all the way over to the building site, and drop it, and then walk back and pick up another one. Instead, we should do it the smart way, which is have a human chain of people, duh, and you pick up the rock over here and you pass it to the next person. You save energy this way, and if you, to continue this metaphor, if you just hold on to a really heavy rock for a long time, Yes, you're going to feel that bitterness. You're going to be angry at the rock. You're going to be rocks, angry at all yeah. the people who are not helping you because then it, you just see everybody as not helping you. And back to this individualistic thing, it's like it's my job to carry this rock all the way to the big pile of rocks instead of we are all working together to move this rock. And if that means that your one contribution is going to be to vote, that's fine. But you can actually help us build this big pile of rocks faster if you vote and phone bank and whatever, whatever the thing is right. that you can do. Um, yeah, we can get it done faster and fewer people will get hurt. Fewer people will leave angry. Uh, and it, it makes it a communal activity instead of this individualistic thing, which is really the, the root of all the problems here is... I just can't believe nobody <laughs> thought at the beginning of this or pandemic, you know, if we tell Americans to wear a mask because they might give it to someone else, nobody will wear a mask. But if we get them to wear it because they think they might get it, everyone will wear a mask like use that use that mentality to everybody's favor instead of what we're doing now, which is meeting over the internet from my closet instead of in person. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I think that the um, if my service changes a little bit, I'll, I'll switch to data. But oh, that's I okay. To another room. Um, yeah, I think that this, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that there is a, for multiple reasons, individualism has taken over
0: and like become the heart of American culture, Mm -hmm. which is so
1: detrimental to our survival.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, like from, from every angle, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, um, I, I think that in a way, I think that, um, And maybe what I'm going to say might be controversial, but I think that yes. conservatives uh, have a lot more community. They do. Liberals do. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, indi- the, that this insistence on individualism as the only way for you to shine, this obsession with um, celebrity. Branding, and
0: like, yeah all of it standing
1: politicians or wanting politicians to be to be your friends or to be these people that are pure and angelic and have never done a bad thing in their entire life mm-hmm. um, you know it, it it's very it makes me uncomfortable like i i had some friends who were like wearing bernie shirts and stuff I was like why are you you realize you're electing a war criminal like this isn't <laughs> You're not, you're not voting for someone on like, you know, some singing competition. Right. Uh, this is this is a person with great responsibility that you're putting in charge, and, um, and there's this like you're you're making a celebrity out of them. Yes. And and trying to find all these positive things about them, and you're not giving yourself room to allow for criticism, and at the same time, you don't allow yourself room for criticism or other people in your life, and. Hmm. My one hope out of all of this is that I hope that people, especially liberals turn towards community more. I agree. And acknowledge that you can still have individualism within community. You can still be you without losing yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but but I think it's necessary I think it's necessary. Like we, we have to be able to, rely on one another and mm-hmm. uh especially younger people our generation who don't have children or who might be queer like mm-hmm. the chosen family is already a part of queer culture yeah so we're very hugely <laughs> yeah you know yep uh, but yeah yeah it, i individualism think it's a big no <laughs> big
0: no on Stan. um yeah i completely agree that i see that i was just talking to Somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of saying the same thing with, with different language about, like, this is the time that, if you're talking about political parties, Democrats have to learn from the Republicans and see, like, they're not concerned about honor or the way things have been done or, like, precedent. They're just doing it, whatever they want. And I think there's been that—I we I discussed this with her about, like, there's been sort of this stiff upper lip— um, relying on tradition on the left right now and similarly it's like all a lot of the right especially really radicalized conservatives gather around these things whether it's gun rights or taking away reproductive rights like things that i object to (laughs) but i see that they're all rallied around them which is how they how they get their strength and their voice out voices out um where on the on the left side of things I see a lot of great ideas that I agree with but then as soon as someone has a great idea a, everyone else in the same camp comes in like well you're not thinking about this or this or this or this and you're not you're they we're trying to tear each other down instead of being like that's a good idea and let's build on top of that this way let's get bigger it, it kind of bigger. feels
1: like like being in a Parks and Rec episode or during- <laughs> <Yes>. like
0: Yeah <it's- laughs> exactly exactly like, right
1: no, yeah we're like we're in agreement but like yes yeah. <laughs> like yes this like we need we need to we need focus and we need yep. we need to work together towards something and we need to be unified right um you know even if that unification is basic decency and respect that needs to be a backbone yeah um I and... think that yeah I agree there's this stiff upper lip and and I also I grew up in in the maybe it's not a unique situation but my mother was from the south mm-hmm. and my father was from Jersey City in New Jersey mm-hmm. um so I grew up with very competing strong accents yeah. in my home <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> My father's Italian-American, and my mom was from the South. So I say y'all, and I say orange weird, Mm -hmm. but um, I also have a Jersey accent that pops up every once in a while. But there's, you know, I was able to see growing up this very unique, um, this this specific type of classism that liberals and conservatives have uh, towards one another. And also um, just bias that they have towards one
0: another. Mm -hmm.
1: And we're too big a country to allow that to continue. It's not going to
0: work. If we want to stay one country, absolutely not. Yeah, there has to be much more nuance than our current political system allows us to have, um, which in sort of a bizarre way makes Joe Biden a really interesting timely candidate because i'm not a huge fan of joe biden i will vote for him because i don't see an alternative um but like we were totally spoiled with obama and the way that he was marketed toward us of like he's gonna make everything right he's a perfect candidate obviously he wasn't no politician is and now this time around it's like we know that you are not perfect in fact you're far from perfect but we're still gonna vote for you anyway because, I mean, it's really just coming down to defending basic decency <laughs> as a nation. But that's for a different podcast. That's for our feature on Pod Save America, uh, coming later this week, live coming at you live from an anthropology near you. <laughs> yes, please.
1: That'd be amazing in our
0: comfy pants. Pod Save America We're from take anthropology. conversation about New <laughs>
1: and critical thinking, which everyone
0: should invest their time into being able to to involve. While sitting on an overpriced like culturally appropriated couch in the corner of (laughs) an anthropology. That's a show I would get behind, Monica. If you find the funding, please give me a call.
1: I mean, I think I might rather sit on like an ugly floral print (laughs) couch. That's my... That's
0: my brand. Or like. on a stack, really a pile of the shards of poorly shaped, like not thoughtfully shaped flatware, where it's like it's either too deep or not deep enough or like right. it curls down. Has
1: ridges for no reason. Yeah. So that when you heat off of it, the spork scrapes and makes that terrible sound.
0: Yep. And gold leaf, so you can never put it in the microwave, or it will explode never. your microwave. Yeah. <laughs> so forget that. <laughs> but it's also too thin to heat, reheat something in the oven. So. But it looks beautiful. Right, gazpacho only for those gazpacho only households. anthropology is the flatware for you. <laughs>
1: I think, I think you may have found a future in marketing for Antibiotic.
0: All right, I'll come out and say it. I'm the, I designed that display with all the knots that made you feel weird and like you were reading Moby Dick. That was me. That was a misfire.
1: I'm so, I'm in love with your work. (laughs)
0: I'm a huge fan. Except for that one. Monica, I, I hate to have to cut this off, but I do actually have another person I have to talk to today. This is how I get my social time, is this podcast. <laughs> I love it.
1: Thank you so much for reaching out for having Oh my come.
0: gosh, Bye. my pleasure. Thank you for jumping or clearing all of the hurdles that it took to get here, including being patient with me while I emailed you back. I'm, I have great weeks with email and then very bad weeks with email, so I'm sorry yeah. you got caught in a bad week. No,
1: no worries at all, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful we got to chat. And we got Me to too. To each other, and and I would love to chat again. Let's not, do yeah, it. Not on this podcast, because this is like.
0: No, just know, for fun, maybe even. Just for fun. Yeah. Just
1: like you know, for fun and, and to, to to hang out and make share a friend. creative stories. Oh my
0: gosh, yeah. I'll let you know how the screen printing goes. Yes, Yikes! Please. Now that I have all the goddamn right materials. <laughs> <laughs> listen, it's it happens. And
1: amazing. It's like going to be ups and
0: downs. Let me just give off. you a quick analogy before we sign off here. It was like I was trying to learn how to knit using straws instead of knitting needles. Like that's how little progress I would have been able to. Like, it could have been done, but not the way you want to do it your first it's time. It's so
1: much better now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's going really <laughs> great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you all right, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, for real, let's hang out again soon. Yes,
1: please. I love that. Okay.
0: Bye. Once again, a huge thank you to Monica for agreeing to be on this show. I say it every week. I mean it every time. It is no small thing to say yes to a stranger from the internet when they ask you to have a recorded first date, as it were. Um, I had such a fun time talking to you, and a double—it just is the gift that keeps on giving because I loved listening to it again and re-feeling all of those, those, oh, just those like the laughs. I laugh at the same time as the track in real life when I listen to this. Uh, Which is like a very weird experience, but um, I really miss going to Anthropology, I miss going to Target for no reason, (laughs) Um, and my screen printing project was fun, but I don't think it's something I'm going to pursue full time in any capacity. So for all of you out there listening, now is the time as winter is settling in to start collecting the things that bring you joy or make you feel at peace literally write them down. And then when you feel low in those dark evenings, and by evening I mean 3:30 p.m. if you're where I live, um then you will have something to turn to so that you don't feel super super low forever. All right. We've never met is 100% and completely made by me, Charlotte T. Martin. So if you want to let me know that you love what I'm doing or help support the show, there are a number of ways that you can do that. If you're in a place where you have a little bit of extra money to throw around, you can support the show on Patreon. That's on my website, which I've just updated actually, so We've Never Met is its own tab and there's a button there where you can go find the Patreon page. Um, If money is not a resource that you have right now, that's okay. I completely get it. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you use to listen to podcasts. When you rate and review the show especially, it makes it easier for people to find, and we can spread our little community of listeners even farther. Something really fun is that I just learned that this podcast is being listened to in New Zealand. How bizarre is that? I don't know anyone in New Zealand uh, that I know of. Oh, God, what if I do and now I've said that and this is so embarrassing? Okay, I should probably sign off. Thank you so much for listening to We've Never Met. And until we speak again, don't be a stranger.